Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warrior Maniacs, and how are you today? My name is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I'm wishing you beautiful people all a great day. I want to welcome you back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most impactful, creative, crypto-related topics in the world from the top crypto research team. Unfortunately, Abs could not make it today. He's traveling around the world, getting some much-needed rest and time off. So I'll be joined by three of my, of, uh, my favorite 3T family members. We've got the CEO of an exciting company called Collecti. You won't want to miss their projects in the future. Super G was supposed to join us today, but we couldn't find him. Instead, we found Mac and Cheesy with a hat and hoodie. So welcome to the show today. And last but not least, Coach likes to call him the NFT King. I call him the NFT Prince because the king is still alive. We got NFT Tones in the house. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be talking about Gary Gensler and the SEC coming down after crypto. We've got El Salvador's push to pave the way for Bitcoin adoption. We'll share with you uh, additional exchanges that will be honoring the Flare airdrop. What to expect from Ethereum's top three competitors this year. We'll show you a quick glance at Casper, not the friendly ghost Casper, and Polygon's 2022 record growth and new collaborations for 2023. And last but not least, our story of the day, we'll be talking about Ripple's minor victory against the SEC and predictions on when the case will end. So. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. For those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern time at the 3T Warrior Academy. We've got 94 people watching. Smash that like button. Before we hop into it, I want to kick it around the room. We'll start off with Selman G in the house. Selman, how are you doing today, buddy? How are you feeling? From uh, Are you still in Dubai? Where are you at these days? Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me. I'm back in Germany. Uh, since this weekend, uh, spending time with the fam uh, before it's getting crazy again in 2023. Lots of uh, plans, right, um, here with the 3T War Academy and uh, more than that. So I'm super excited. Uh, very happy to be here also with Tones and Gonzo. Gonzo is a special guest here today. So, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're happy to have you every time someone's great to be here. Apparently, everybody's sleeping today. It's the day after Christmas or two days after Christmas. So that's all right. We're just going to keep going around the room here. So NFT Tone, since you're at the top of there, how you doing, buddy? How you feeling today? Uh, I could be feeling better. I got this nasty cough and I'm not feeling the best right now, but eh, we'll see how the rest of the week goes. All right. Well, we'll send you some love and, and high vibrations. Hopefully, you'll start feeling better. And let's kick it around over to... Mac and Cheesy in the house. Mac, how you doing today, buddy? Welcome to the show. How you feeling? <laughs> hey, Johnny. Good morning. Yeah. So if you guys didn't uh, see the episode, there was an episode of Around the Blockchain. And uh, one of the contestants at Coach JV went up against Mac and Cheesy. And he had a pink hat with a pink uh, hood on and stuff. So uh, just trying to be funny this morning. But yeah, I'm doing great, man. Yesterday was awesome. Uh, we're driving back home today. So I'm still at the hotel, if you can't tell. It keeps kind of freezing, um, so hopefully it holds up. You guys can still hear me, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, but, yeah, no, yesterday was really awesome being able to host the show. Uh, it, it felt really good, so I appreciate all the, the love, love and support for everybody. And uh, it's going to be a great show today with uh, Johnny hosting. Yeah, that's awesome. We're looking for a good show today. I do agree with Clocks Entertainment. Selman actually does look like Abraham Lincoln. Hey, the thing is, I tried that's something. so true. Hey, Selma, you don't happen to have a top hat, do you? <laughs> don't, don't be clowning on my boy, dude. That's that's hey, my dog right now. No, no, I love it. it on the true. show forever. I told him it looks good. I like it. But I mean, it, so it happened on accident, but then they told me, hey, it doesn't look good. Shave everything. And I was like, no, it took so long to grow that. I'm just going to wait until this one grows back. <laughs> Yeah, until then, there's like, like a brown marker. Get like a brown or black marker. You just paint it right in, and nobody will know the difference. So, 
<laughs> all right. With that said, boys, we're yeah, we got people say you look great. See, everybody loves it. Um, all right, we're gonna hop into the show today. We'll start this like we always do. Whoops, wrong screen. My bad. We'll start this like we always do, showing our our uh our three T Academy page. Oh, hold on a second. There we go. So we got 2,500 followers. Click on the follow uh, link over here so you guys can follow us with the latest news and notes on crypto. And with that said, we're going to hop into what's happening today. We've got the fear and greed index sitting at a 27, folks. Really nothing to, to talk about. It's just been sitting around in the mid-20s for the longest time. So we're going to hop into one of my favorite screens. We've got the crypto bubbles here. Whoops. All right. So we can see what's happening today. Uh, we got a little bit. We got a little Christmas spirit again today. Little red, a little green. We got, oh, look, everybody's favorite, Luna C popping up there. I'm not sure why, but we got that one in there. We got Casper. We got Quant. We got XRP with some green happening. Got ICP. So a couple things happening there, but we'll hop through this as we go through the coin uh, market cap. Let's take a look today. We're sitting at $810 billion in market cap for the entire industry. Bitcoin sitting around 16.8. We've got some nice TA coming up for you shortly. We also have, uh, Ethereum at uh, 1200. We've got, we've got BNB sitting around 20, $245 XRP around 37 cents. Still in those mid thirties. Doge, everybody's favorite at seven cents. Cardano, 26 cents. Polygon, 80 cents holding up kind of strong. A lot of talk today about Polygon. We got polka dot around four fifty. Amazing. I remember when someone was telling us about that and that was like eight bucks two years ago. Holy cow. How the mighty have fallen. Solana 1081 broke that $11 uh, level that it was sitting at. Chainlink $5. Holy cow, everything's on discount, folks. Quant 115 in algorithm 16 cents. Really, really crazy here. We're going to hop into um, our first article of the day. We're looking at actually, you know what? Before we do that, let me just hop. Is there anything? I know we ask the question every day, so I don't want to be. Is anybody looking at anything different in the market based on what you're seeing the past couple of days? They want to comment on? If not, we'll hop into the Bitcoin article. No, I mean, someone can do, it's going to do his TA, but it's kind of the same thing. We've been moving sideways. And if we don't recover like 17,000, then, you know, we're coming down. So more than anything, I think I've just been doing more research than DCA, Johnny, like looking into new projects. Like I know you are looking into ICP. Uh, mm -hmm. I've been looking into mask. Like I mentioned yesterday, near protocol and their sharding technology. So paying attention to uh, near uh, and then just kind of paying attention again to Solana, because I think eventually it's going to get down to a low enough point where I'm going to probably take a bet with them. You know, nothing major, very small percentage of my total portfolio. Uh, you know, I'll probably treat it like a meme coin, to be honest with you. Uh, and then if it uh, appreciates, then I'll pull my profits. Gotcha. Okay. All right. With that said, then we will. Uh, and I, yeah, pretty much that's kind of how I'm feeling the same thing It's really just looking at projects right now, get you do your research. It's a great time to do research and learn about projects to get a feel for what you want to get into because everything is so low right now and so cheap. <coughs> but with that said, we'll hop into our first article of think, the day. Did we lose Selman? Uh, no, he had a, he he had to step off for okay. a second. He'll be right back. Okay. So our first article of the day, we've got the, the everybody's favorite <coughs> commissioner and chair, SEC. Gary Gensler warrants of imminent crypto crackdowns. Let's see what the hell he's talking about here. So the chair of the SEC uh, reportedly says that the crackdown in the crypto industry is imminent, folks. It is imminent. It is coming in 2023. He's been very consistent about that, saying that for a while now, that the crackdown will be coming. Now he's, of course, saying it in eminent, is eminent in the wake of FTX debacle, right? So we all kind of know that that's why that was there, so they can justify this regulatory uh, agency crackdown that's coming. He says here, the regulatory agency is coming after crypto firms that do not comply with its rules and compares such companies as casinos. He says the running way Gonzo is getting shorter. The casinos in the wild, wild west are non-compliant intermediaries. Um, the trend of crypto exchanges proving that this, so this is interesting, you know, ever since the crackdown, what have we been seeing? Every, 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 I think almost every exchange came out and said, oh, hey, we got reserves. Here are our reserves, right? To make everybody feel better, Gonzo. But check this out. He says, the trend of crypto exchanges proving that the reserve assets to back up their customer funds means nothing. Absolutely zero. And here's why. Because the practice that these exchanges are doing doesn't live up to the current regulatory disclosure standards, meaning they're really not telling the truth. 
He says here, regulators should focus on making sure crypto firms separate their funds and their customer funds from each other so they're not conflicted and confused into one. What's your thoughts, Gonzo? Do you agree with Gary Gensler? Is he right on this case or is he uh, is he just trying to flood the market? Well, first of all, I mean, if you look at what uh, exchanges, like legitimate exchanges are doing, I think they do separate customer funds. So he's like trying to like use the scare tactic of what happened in FTX, which is a total fraud, and kind of apply that to what exchanges like, I think Kraken is on the up and up, right? Jesse, the CEO, he tells you like when you hear him talk, he's telling you like, don't don't hold your crypto on our platform. We're not a bank, right? You're, you're there to purchase or do whatever trade you're going to do and then pull it off. Right. So I do think that there are some exchanges that are that, that are trying to do things the right way. Um, I, I think it's just it's a comedy show. Right. Like so when he talks about like he, remember he was the cop on the beat and he was supposed to be doing all this stuff and FTX happened right under his nose. Right. Where was he with the FTX thing? Where was he when Alameda was doing all this stuff? So um, I, I get that he's trying to go after these exchanges, but like all we have to, to show for it is like a case against Kim Kardashian, right? I mean, are we going to get more of that stupidity? Um, and the other thing that you need to think about is now that there's been a change in government with the Republicans, like um, Tony Edwards is telling us with Congressman Huizinga, um, they're recalling him. You know, he's going to get a lot of pressure um, and he's going to have to answer a lot of questions. And while like we learned that they can't just fire him because they have to impeach him and only the president can do that. Um, they can restrict his budget and they can tell him specifically what he has to spend his money on and what he cannot spend his money on. So um, I think that's coming. I think that meeting with Congress is coming. And so we'll see if he, you know, like Coach always says, when you back somebody in the corner, if he starts dropping haymakers before he gets recalled into Congress and has to answer questions. Plus, he's on a time. We're going to talk about the Ripple case, but he's also on a clock, right? Because once that thing gets resolved and they lose, that's like a knockout punch to the SEC. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping to make sure they lose. We'll see what happens there. I want to hop into our next article about Bitcoin. Johnny, real yeah. quick, I just want to say I would have never thought that Mentelect is going to agree with Gary Gensler. He yeah. pulled up the comment. Man, yeah. time changes, man. Time yeah. changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me let me see where that uh, where is that one. He he does say here. You know, Gensler's 100% right. Separate the customer. And the reality is, you know what? In this particular case, I totally agree with Gensler. Um, if exchanges are not separating funds, they absolutely need to. You need to be able to see where are the customer funds in that amount. You need to know what, you know, versus any other funds. And then you need to be able to see the liabilities too to know whether they're in trouble or not. So without sharing all, and that's why we say right here on this show, we say this all the time, regulation is not a bad thing if it's done correctly. Because these are the kinds of things, the rules that should be put in place. An exchange should be told, hey, you have to report customer funds. You have to report all your other funds. You have to keep them in separate accounts. They need to be siloed. And you have to show the liability. You're, all these things. If and, the, and Gary's right. They don't have to follow the correct reporting structure. So they can lie and just show you, hey, hey look, here's our reserve. Shit, we saw the other day. One exchange like accidentally sent a hundred, how many, I forgot what the number was, a couple billion dollars worth of coins. Then they did the audit on the exchange, and then they sent the coins back. It's like it's covering for them. It's like a scam right now. So yeah, it I was, just... it was around like a couple hundred million dollars, as far as I know. But the funny thing is, um, we want regulation, right? But we're just scared if all these uh, black swan events happen that they could go very hard on regulation and then really kill this space. This is what we're afraid of, and this is why it has to be pretty much like with crypto people. And, you know, regulators, they, they should come together and find the middle like they need to meet in the ballpark. And that is currently, you know, we're just afraid that they can come heavy and, and um, destroy this place with with like. The problem is, Selman, like you said, is nobody trusts him. Right. Nobody trusts them that he's going to do what's right because he hasn't done what's right. Right. Like that. So that that's the issue is that nobody trusts them. Right. Correct. I don't think anyone's arguing that they should have separate funds but i think if you look at the exchanges are doing things right that they, they do that when i'm and i'm talking about like kraken yeah that's one of my favorite ones i feel the most confident in but even jesse the former ceo of kraken tells you to get your stuff off his exchange and i kind of admire him for that but i want to keep the ball rolling because we got a lot of news today and we're already running out of time we're already behind but so we talk about bitcoin here being near 17k levels right now attempting to break the 17,000, which is bullish momentum However, we look here that um, the key bullish trend 
line forming with support near 68 on the hourly chart. <coughs> BTC attempted to break that on the upside, break out above 1700, but struggled to gain bullish momentum. Said the bulls made a couple attempts, but failed to break over 17K. Uh, so with that said, Selman, I want to kick it over to you. I know you got some technical analysis for our folks today to share. So with that said, my friend, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Um, I'm also curious to know what Gonzo thinks, but um, I'm actually not that bullish because we tried really hard to break above 17 with low volume and um, open interest dropped drastically. And we covered this for a very long time on our Zoom calls with the Warriors. And so right now sitting you know, below that resistance. And it kind of looks like we're going to get rejected, but volume is decreasing. Worst thing is open interest is pretty much dead for the last uh, almost four weeks. Now open interest means new money is not coming in. Uh, position size has decreased. We don't have that many positions open. So right at resistance with that low interest, I'm, I'm scared that, um, you know, we could see that, um, that uh, shift of the trend, the trend reversal, and with long short ratio above 1.5, currently 1.64, it means that we got more long positions open than short positions. So people are still a little confident that this is the bottom, right? Or, you know, it could go up from here. But if you don't have that much of an engagement, I'm afraid um, it's going to go lower. So it's like a fake um sideways action in my opinion and so when you check out the on-chain data on the on the micro view you can see that we're currently trading at sixteen thousand eight hundred dollars we got a good support with the with an average price of sixteen thousand six hundred so this is our support for now if we lose it you can see even at fourteen thousand two hundred there is not much of a support of course money sitting on the sideline could enter at any time and you know maybe support the price at 15,000 but as you can, as you guys can see there is not much left and our big resistance is currently 17k we need to break above and obviously psychology plays there um, plays an important role as well and we need new buyers of course but that's you know currently missing but the next uh support major support on the macro view is 12 12,747 are we going to see that are we going to bottom at 13,800? That's a big question mark, of course. The Fed is raising interest rates, and it's still very, um, very tough times we're going through. But keep in mind, this is going to be the major support. We got 4.76 million wallets holding 2 million Bitcoins, and um, there is a high chance that they're not going to sell and hold, and the price could hold there. So, curious what you guys think about this. Well, there you have it. Before I kick it over to Gonzo, you know, you've got liquidity being sucked out of the market. And there you have it, folks. 12700 from the man himself, Summon G. Gonzo, what's your thoughts on this? Are you in agreement with uh, someone of what you're seeing? Or are you seeing anything different? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, I mean, you never know what's going to happen, right? So you got to take it day by day. That's kind of like the open mind that I keep. But we keep banging up against 17000 a little bit below that. And we haven't been able to conquer it. So that tells me that we're probably going down, right? If we can't get above 17,000, we're coming down. So uh, my number is kind of close to Selman's off the monthly chart. I think there's very, very strong support at 13.7. I'm waiting for the monthly close because 17.5, we had a little bit of kind of support. It was resistance and support on two touch points uh, on the macro. And so that was a thin line that could be held. So I'm waiting for the monthly close. It looks like we're going to close below that unless we get kind of a little bit of a rally. So if we close before that, under that, then that means it's resistance now. And I think we're coming down to that 13.7. But definitely looking more of the esoteric. I'm definitely looking at uh, the January full moon for uh, correction. Um, in the total macro, what we're, what we're looking at right now is if you follow Wyckoff, is um, I believe we're making a spring. So I don't know if that spring is going to be a double bottom or usually springs can be a little bit lower and then we're going to get the automatic rally, right? Going to next year, we'll get our automatic rally that comes all the way up. And then everyone think that, oh, the bull runs on, but then we're going to roll back over. We come down and then into the halving, boom is when we go up and then we go into the, into like, you know, the, the next bull run. I think that's how it'll play out. Um, the macro will, will have an effect on that. So we'll have to see how that like, messes with that whether it stretches it out or condenses it we'll wait to see take it day by day but yeah 
I'm thinking we're going down. Like I said, 13-7 is what I've been looking at. So historically, of course, we've never seen um, two set, you know, two um, years that went bearish. So it was always just one year of um, of a correction, right, of, of a big correction. And in this case, the 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 year is going to end in less than five days. So um, thirteen thousand eight hundred has been the previous um, closing, the yearly closing um, in the in the previous bear market. Uh, Sorry, I mean, back in 2017, right? So that's going to be before we've seen that bearish move. So right now, everybody's focused on that. But that doesn't mean that this is going to be the bottom and we go up. Obviously, you know, you see these wicks, right? So uh, it is possible that we still see more bearish moves and it, it goes down to 12K, right? Maybe like for a short period of time. And then it goes back up. But I kind of feel like twenty, the end of 2023, we're going to have a... Uh, much higher closing for Bitcoin. So I don't, I personally don't think that we're going to like end way lower end of next year, but probably higher than we are right now. So if we drop to 12K, probably um, in the end of 2023, we should be up at like 40, 50,000. So, but it's all speculation, of course. So you need to design your game plan and um, know if you want a dollar cost average now or wait uh, for a later a better opportunity so keep that in mind guys yeah and you know i just want to share a chart here i don't know if i can zoom in on this thing anymore no it looks like i can't oh there we go you know when you look at kind of how this market works and we get a euphoric pump you tend to stay in the bear market for quite a long time i think 2023 will be the year of the beer i call it where we're going to kind of sit just along that bottom trend line for probably the entire year but you will get a sell-off like you talked about someone and they call this a a, a beer trap People will think, you know, oh, it's over, time to get out, and that's when they're going to send it. So that's what we're all waiting for, but it's probably going to be closer until the 2024 halving that's going to happen in Bitcoin before we start to get close to this setup. I think for now, we've just got a year of grinding uh, at the low averages on the trend line. So with that said, we're going to try to keep the ball moving here. El Salvador is educating its students. This is very interesting, great small video I want to show you as they pave the way for the road of future adoption. The reason why this is important is, you know, it's going to start in countries and then it's going to spread around the world, right? But El Salvador is taking steps there, pushing Bitcoin through mass adoption. What's the best way to do that, guys? Yeah, train the kids. You start them young in school. You get them You get them learning this stuff so they grow up and it feels like a norm to them, right? And that's what's happening here. Even during the extreme crypto winter, El Salvador says it's focusing. It continues to focus on mass adoption. In fact, they're buying one coin per day. I do want to share this small video. Hopefully, you guys can hear this. Let me just play this thing. I'm turn up the speakers here. And I'm going to play this bad boy. So there you have it. It's in Spanish for all this, but the point is you can see she's actually showing the kids the QR codes, how to get it on your phone, how to transfer it off your phone, teaching them at a very, very young age. Tone, speaking of young, is this something you were taught in school? What do you think about the fact that they're teaching the kids at such a young age how to use Bitcoin? This wasn't something I was taught in school. It's something I wish I was taught in school because it would have helped me a lot now. But I mean, it is something I, I'm self-taught in now. But uh, it, it's very interesting to see that they're, they went this extra mile and to actually teach kids because this will actually help mass adoption. Because like you said, Johnny, the more the kids get into it, the more they can help the older people get into it. Because usually what happens is I'm usually helping my grandmother with technology because she doesn't know how it works. So usually the younger people are going to help the older people understand how this technology works. So this is going to be great in helping this technology get out there more. Yeah, totally agree with you, Tones. Um, I'm just going to keep the ball rolling here because we've got so much news to get to. But that is exciting to see that you've got that's one country. You know, the other countries are going to continue to follow along the same but someone, as we hop into kind of something that's more along your space, we've got Fidelity announcing that they have plans 
to enter the NFT marketplace uh, and financial services in the metaverse. So check this out, guys. Uh, they, they basically, <laughs> investment giant Fidelity uh, filed trademark patent applications in the U.S. for a host of Web3 products and services. We're going to hop into those in a minute, including non-fungible NFTs. Someone will be very similar, familiar with that. And financial investment and crypto trading services all in the metaverse. Guys, you may think it's fake. You may hear a lot of FUD that it isn't real, but the metaverse is real and it is coming. They filed three patents here. It says uh, trademarks, NFTs, and NFT marketplaces, metaverse and investment services, virtual real estate investing, and cryptocurrency trading. Before I hop too much more into this article, what does that mean to you, someone, that we got a company like Fidelity, one of probably the more well-known investment companies in the U.S. and one of the biggest, saying it's time for them to get into the metaverse? So this is great news, and we covered this also a lot on Non-Fungible Show, um, that big brands are filing many trademarks. It's not just one or two, maybe 10, 20 trademarks. And that's important because while everybody's, and JV always says it, right? While everybody's like focused on that way, there is a whole different narrative that way. And in a bear market, everybody's giving up. You see uh, people, risk appetite is gone. People think, oh no, these NFTs won't recover or a crypto, some cryptocurrencies won't recover, right? Or most of them. That's at, at least the narrative right now. But in the back, behind the scenes, you, you see that big brands are actually developing now. And it's an amazing opportunity for them because there is no competition right now. The big competition will come when the risk appetite is back, right? And so um, there are many NFT marketplaces, and NFT Tones would agree with me on this probably, that not all of these NFT marketplaces will be a success. But if you see Fidelity joining this space and, uh, you know, offering this, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not directly addressed to normal users like you and me. It's probably for institutions, right? And NFTs, NFTs are not just like any other speculative asset, like artwork that you would buy from a, an artist. Um, so imagine, I've never seen an institution actually going and buying or or uh, speculating on artwork but you know the the real underlying technology of nft is significant and they're going to use it for crazy stuff like tokenization for example you're going to see in virtual real estate that's going to be connected i pre i'm pretty uh, certain on this that it's also uh, going to be connected to real uh, real life assets so it's a big deal and i also believe they're going to offer some kind of insurance for these um uh, for for institutions so hey instead of you holding the nfts in your wallet send it send it to, over to us and you you're you have insurance just like you know you wouldn't store your money uh, in your you know like in, in in your own office you would definitely send it to your bank just you know for insurance all of that so i'm pretty sure they're going to offer this kind of service as well and it's a big step nfts will be uh, will be adopted by institutions very soon because tokenization metaverse all of that exp uh, um, aspects are going to be uh, part of our lives and they want to be of course stepping in they want to join the space and uh, profit from this as well yeah and gonzo they talk here about it appears the metaverse based payment services could be in the works as well including electronic bill payments fund transfers and financial administration of credit card accounts all in the metaverse in the virtual world, the phones indicate the firm could be launching a trade and management services in the metaverse, along with providing virtual currency wallet services, electronic wallet services in the nature of electronic storage and processing of virtual currency for electronic payments and transactions via global network, digital currency, virtual currency, and cryptocurrency digital tokens. All coming to the metaverse. Gonzo, will you be hopping into the metaverse and using all this stuff? Yeah, you know, Johnny, uh, it's so funny that you have this story because um, I was just talking to uh, Shelly and I think I sent a message to Coach about the video, but there was an interview that Roel Paul made uh, with, uh, I think his name is Eric Coulier. He's a developer who's been there since the beginning. Like he helped create the first NFTs uh, and then rolled into the metaverse. And what I walked away from that is uh, when people ask me about the metaverse, I stop explaining it as, you know, everyone goes to that, you know, Ready Player One, right? That's the metaverse. Because unless you're a gamer, that doesn't really click with you. But the way that he broke down like the history of where NFT came from and how he just took everybody down the path made so much sense to me. And I think it would make sense to just like 
a lot of people, a lot of the population. He basically described how websites came about, right? And how everybody has a website now, every single person, right? Every single business, right? And that's how we interact with people. And the metaverse is really just the kind of development of those websites where now you can go. Yeah, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Evolution, the evolution of those websites where now you can go to cars.com. And if I want to buy a car, instead of like going to the website and looking, I can now meet Johnny there and we can look at the car together and then I can buy the NFT of the car and then the car gets delivered to my house. Um, so definitely check out that video, but the way that he broke things down made a, a lot of sense. And I think it'll make a lot more sense to people than like the player one, uh, the ready player one, uh, reason. Cause like I said, uh, sometimes they look at you when you bring that up, they look at you like you're crazy, but obviously, uh, when you see companies like fidelity mm-hmm. building in a bear market and getting these trademarks, it's for a reason, right? These guys are usually ahead of the curve and they're just preparing for what's coming. Now, what we don't know is how long it's going to take, right? Because sometimes we feel like it's just around the corner. It might take a little longer, but it feels like they've been building this thing now for a while, right? The first NFTs they were building like in 2015, that's where that tech came from. So they've made a lot of advancements as far as um, what he's working on, as far as like the metaverse and different wallets, different blockchains that are able to connect and then just uh, able to work seamlessly. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of building tones, and Fidelity has outlined that it could offer educational, in addition to money, so educational service in the metaverse in the form of conducting classes, workshops, seminars, and conferences in the field of investments, in the field of marketing, financial services, providing business information to the financial services provided uh, by means of the internet website, as Gonzo just talked about. So basically, we're going to have class, school will be held in the metaverse tones. Is that something you would have wanted? Are you looking forward to that school in the metaverse or do you like school in person? I mean, well, just think about the difference what school would be like in the metaverse. They can actually get the kids actually involved in class. It could be a lot more hands on. It won't be kids falling asleep in class because currently I, I, I currently still would fall asleep in class. I mean, classes are boring, right? So who the hell wants to stay awake in class? So they can get classes to be more hands-on then I feel like this could be really, really big. And I feel like this could really help kids because this can actually broaden their horizons and really make them more creative because they can come up with their own ideas, their own virtual worlds. And maybe uh, there could be classes that allow them to actually dive deeper and create their own worlds and stuff. And it will really allow us to develop this web three space and get more ideas out there. I mean, I, I can only see us going into metaverses and buying fashion. And then after buying that fashion, we also get that uh, we also get that fashion in real life, too. So kind of mm-hmm. like what Wax does with that uh, Funko Pops. Currently, if you pull a legendary or a grail, you actually get that in the mail physically. So I feel like we'll have more of that type of stuff coming in the future. Well, it'll be interesting to see being able to, you know, I, I do agree that there could be certain things like learning space, you know, live right in front of you, holding an asteroid in your hand could be kind of cool. But Selman, they talk here about NFTs are also in Fidelity's plan with the investment manager, stating that it could launch an online marketplace for buyers and sellers of digital media, namely non-fungible tokens right up your alley. Uh, the latest firings from the show, the firm has has not been spoken uh, or spooked by the intense bear market in 2022 and recent or the recent FTX explosion. And instead it's looking to increase its exposure in the web 3.0 firm essentially outlined such a call for stronger regulation, which we all been talking about Uh, responding to a November 21 letter from crypto hating senators, Elizabeth Warren, Tina Smith and Richard Durbin. There you go, guys, there's your crypto hating senators. So if you're looking to who to vote out next year, and if you love crypto, well, now you may have some, uh, you might have some motivation here. Uh, they talked about uh, what she called on Friday, Fidelity to reconsider its Bitcoin retirement products due to the volatile tumul- tumul- uh, blah, and chaotic nature of the, of the crypto asset space. However, Fidelity came out and said they have always prioritized operational excellence and customer protection and noted that the recent events in the crypto industry have only underscored the importance of what we've been saying here, standards, safeguards, and ultimately that's regulation. It's also worth noting that back in October, Fidelity was reported to be looking to beef up its crypto unit 
by hiring a hundred new people while the rest of the world is laying off. What do you think here, some? And it looks like not only are they looking to get into all these other spaces, but NFTs and marketplace as well. So they're pretty much conquering <clears throat> the whole space, right? They want to be active everywhere. They see yeah. the potential, but they create they create narrative that it's highly speculative. You shouldn't join this space. This is dangerous. And then, you know, things change. But what I also realized is, um, you know, when I when I see the news there, what you brought up, it's basically, you know, kind of looks like when, when you know, <laughs> when your teacher says, Mark, highlight the most important parts and then you, you highlight the, the whole text. Pretty much looks like that on that. <laughs> on that news. But I'm, I'm pretty mm-hmm. much... Um, um bullish when i see fidelity and other businesses uh, or institutions joining the space that tells me hey we're on the right path we just need to stick um stick around and just be focused 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 right and eventually that you know the the dark clouds will disappear and then you'll see all of them very active in the space and they're going to be super bullish on crypto etc now they're of course totally against it and tell you to you know maybe think twice before you join the space so We'll find out, Johnny. Yes, and we have 236 live listeners. Please smash that like button, give it a warrior elbow drop, and send that so much to the moon as we kind of bring it bring it around to our next topic here, which is Flare. Everybody's favorite airdrop token that we like to talk about. Flare keeps saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I hope it comes while I'm still alive. But we've got the Flare token distribution event. There was an update just recently, three days ago where they've uh, updated the list of exchanges that will actually support and honor the Flare uh, airdrop. So we've got Binance, OKX, Kraken. They also, Kraken also announced staking and trading will be available. Again, my what, that's probably my favorite exchange anyway. Nexo, KuCoin, Huobi, Gate.io, all these exchanges here are all, look, there's a ton of them. Or even in Japan, Japan's hopping in too. So you can go to the Flare website. Just go to Flare, www.flare.network um, and then click on the um, down below uh, news articles and, and it actually is in there and it talks about this but just wanted to share with you guys the updated list as of december 23 there are a ton of exchanges that are now going to be supporting it and with that said as we're running really quick this is the fastest hour in crypto i want to get to our news story of the day ripple lawsuit we got some predictions for you guys as well as some key timelines entering 2023 so let's hop into this so the ripple lawsuit <coughs> parties have fully debriefed the motions for summary judgment, including oppositions and replies. So they've submitted all that stuff into the judge. And according to James Phelan, we know one of their attorneys, he said the ceiling dis- disputes um, in connection with motions for the summary judgment it is yet unknown whether disputes will be resolved before or at the end of these motions. Judge Torres says here, though, ruled on disputes over the ceiling of summary judgment motions, expert reports and deposition transactions on, 20, on December 19th, basically saying that was a minor win. For Ripple, Gonzo, you want to talk a little bit about this minor minor win and what it means for uh, for Ripple? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm not an attorney, so I leave it to those guys. But you know, basically, the way that I look at it is that we're closer to an end than than any time that we've ever been. Right? They've you know fully briefed their summary judgments. Um, they've briefed um, all the stuff that has to do with the expert witnesses, what they're going to exclude or not, um, and basically uh, whatever decision need to be made can be made at a later date um, and, but they can still move forward kind of with the summary judgment. I think the lawsuit really comes down to why I think that ripple is going to pull this thing off is because it really comes down to two things. One, the definition of investment contract and two, uh, the definition of uh, common enterprise, right? I think that's where the sec is stuck is that whole common enterprise thing. Cause most people, when they bought XRP on exchange, didn't even know what Ripple was. So how can you have a common enterprise? And if you looked at the summary judgment briefs by the SEC, they never really proved that or they said what that common enterprise was. They just called it a common enterprise, right? And then the whole thing, like I said, is on the investment contract. So I think that's why they're going to win. But I think we are closer to an end. So I think what we've always said and what Bart Gallinghouse had kind of hinted to was the spring of 2023, which we had said March. I think we're all kind of, similar around that like we're going to see the end of march the funny thing is the other thing that the judge ruled on is the sec is insistent they continue to say that the hinman documents 
are privileged. And she's already ruled on it. She's already said that it's not privileged. And I know that they threatened that, that you know, they're going to appeal it if they um, release the documents. So again, whatever is on there, they're just fighting tooth and nail to not let out. Like Ripple already has it, but they don't want the public to see it because of what it means about the SEC. Yeah, totally agree with you there. And speaking of the Ripple, we got some dates here that they're, they're throwing out here. I just want to share these with you guys and get your reactions. So on January 9th, 2023, the parties are expected to file their oppositions to these motions. Then on the 13th, the parties must file the what they call the Dubar, bleh, probably saying that wrong, Dubar motions and accompanying exhibits on the public document with redactions consistent with the court ceiling rulings. And then on the 18th, all parties and non-parties are expected to file oppositions, if any, to non-party motions, which you know there will be. So when you look at it here, Salman, James James uh, Felon predicts that the district uh, Judge Torres would just rule on these expert motions and summary judgments simultaneously, all in one big ruling, rather than addressing them one by one. And therefore, he's putting this thing out um, to, looks like somewhere in the March Q1, the end of Q1, March 31st, uh, before we actually get a final ruling, uh, Ripple CEO K- Brad Gallagher came out and said he thought it might be hard to predict exactly when the resolution would come. But again, he expected it in the first half of Q1 2023. Any thoughts on your end, some and what you're thinking of when this thing will finally come to a conclusion? Um, so I'm actually not focusing on that at all, guys. The reason for that is um, whether or not you know, they go for a settlement or Ripple wins the case or loses the case, it won't change much of the direction of Ripple because they have very close ties to the uh, central banks and obviously XRPL is decentralized, so they can't shut it down. And um, people, as long as there is a community who will support that the, the whole system, it's all good. Of course, it's going to be hit short term where we see some kind of, you know, bearish actions there. But in the long run, obviously, when finally, even if Ripple has to pay a fine, right, they will continue. After that, it, it will be regulated. So it's all good. But anyways, I believe I still believe there is going to be some positive uh, updates. But again, Brad Gallinow said Q1 of 2023 is what he's expecting. And so let's just wait for that and see, Johnny. Yeah. Yep, very well. I totally agree with you. None of us can predict that there. Gonzo, I do want or if anybody wants to answer this question, a great question from the audience here. Uh, is Swift Go a direct competition to Ripple? I don't know if anybody uh, is familiar with Swift Go and wants to comment on this one. <clears throat> I'm afraid I uh, didn't see didn't see that before. Like I need to check if Swift Go is directly like a competition or what what the use case of Swift Go is. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I you know, so we know Swift is an old technology, right? I think what Ripple is trying to do is kind of replace it. But, you know, Swift is kind of doing what it can to kind of update its um, its mechanism or the way that it deals with payments so that it doesn't get pushed out. Um, so, I mean, obviously the technologies are totally different. But, yeah, I would say that they are because Ripple's trying to replace Swift, right? That's what they're trying to do. But, you know, don't forget that Swift is hell of embedded. It's been around since the 1970s. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I would say, trillions of dollars that get settled um, using Swift. And so that's what Ripple's trying to get into. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay, very good, guys. And with that said, we've got a very exciting project on the horizon that we want to share with you first. But first, let me kick it off by sharing our cool-ass trailer. Guys, the battle is coming, but it's not against anybody other than your own conscious. In 14 days, 12 hours, 6 minutes, and 44 seconds, you're going to be able to get your hands on one of the hottest NFTs out there. There are 444 unique tokens. They will cost $500. By the way, the cost is $500. That is not what you get or earn 
for owning the X, uh, the the NFT. It's what it actually costs, and it's 8K. So I'm going to kick this over to Selman and Selman. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about the project and what's happening as we uh, we get ready to launch this exciting new project in the market. Thank you so much. So basically, Collecti and uh, 3T Warrior Academy is working together. We are incubating this beautiful project uh, for Coach AV and 3T Warrior Academy. And basically, X Royalty is all about, you know, um, bringing the existing warrior community to a whole new level um, to the Web3 space. And uh, JV has one mission, of course, which is, you know, coming close to the community and um, build an immersive experience or offer immersive experiences for uh, the warrior community. So we're um, very much excited about the Mad Academy. So that's a very cool name, by the way. Uh, Mad Academy, basically, where um, it's all about, you know, coming together, all the courses, one-on-ones and hangouts, everything will be there. That's going to be our main space in the metaverse. So um, this is our light paper, guys. I would highly recommend checking it out. You'll you'll find the story of X-Royalty, why uh, we started this path as 3T Warrior Academy and what to expect. And also the roadmap, as you guys can see here, um, you know, one thing um, is there are many, you know, conferences and other like retreats. And I know, Johnny, you've been to one. Unfortunately, I um, didn't make it. But everyone who joined that, like their lives changed. Right. And so um, unfortunately, many people sign up for it, but there is always limited amount. So there is going to be, you know, with the NFT, you will have um, access to that. You will have like there is going to be uh, raffle drawings and uh, much more so that you guys can uh, be part of that. So and so NFT holders will be prioritized for all of that. And so there is going to be much more than that, like virtual conferences. There is going to be the Freedom Conference each year, uh, physical one. And based on the tier level, of course, you can also have a lifetime membership in the Academy. So in merch and, mo you know, a lot of more um, perms, um, basically prepared for you guys. So check it out. The, the NFTs will be not just artwork. Of course, there's lots of uh, utility and only 88 of the 4,444 NFTs will be held by the team, right? For marketing and um, um, for, for the team, uh, obviously, and the rest is going to be available for public mint. The mint is on January, January 11, and you need a sum wallet, and um, make sure, like, we're going to drop tutorials on that as well very soon. And you guys can be able to um, uh, already load up your Sun Wallet with XRP. Um, and then, yeah, get, prepare yourself for the Mint uh, that's going to take place in two weeks, actually, on a Wednesday in two weeks. So get ready, guys. And it's starting. It's the journey. Definitely read the purpose, guys, here on in the light paper. Um, JV wrote it himself. So definitely check it out. It's um, an important story, right? It's the story of the 3T War Academy. And so, yeah, if you guys are interested or you have questions, we're always open, right? So join the Discord. The link should be in the description below. Um, it is discord.gg slash 3T Warrior Academy. Um, join the royal chat there. You can ask all the admins, moderators there whenever you have questions. And we have an awesome community an active community um, of around almost almost 8,600, like 9K people there. So definitely check it out. And um, yeah, we won't leave any unanswered questions there. So definitely ask anything you want. JV or someone else will be there for sure to answer the question. Yeah, so I mean, when I first saw this project and heard about it and we talked about it and, and you know, started to get into NFTs a year, year and a half ago, you found a lot of them were all about just 5% burn rates and giving you back some money and deflationary. Not 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 real true value. It was all kind of Ponzi scheme-ish. When you look at a project like this, I have to say, and not because, you know, it's part of our company, but the reality is just look at, when I looked at this utility, each one of these different tiers, you actually get something. You get value, right? If you if you end up, for example, going to tier two, you, you end up getting, you know, you get a Moldavite necklace, right, with that. If you go to tier three, you get a lifetime membership. You're actually getting value if you buy five NFTs. If you get, if you buy 10 NFTs, you actually get a one-on-one -on -one with anybody on this team for one hour. You get to have a, a you know, a free one-on-one -on -one with us. Um, you also are going to be submitted into a raffle. So one of you 
lucky uh, holders will also get to be a guest on this show right here, sitting right up here on the screen. So there's value with each one of these, right? Tier five, you get a one-on-one directly with coach. Tier six, you get flow in the whole weekend to spend with them. There's true stuff there. So if you find value in that, you know, you're, you're buying that value and you own it for life. It's yours. So that's what's really exciting to me about it. I don't know if anybody else has any comments about this. If not, we'll uh, we'll leave it to everybody to go join below. Click on the Discord down there. Go to our Discord. The link is is down there um, as well. You can go to the website. There's a link for that as well. Read the whole entire light paper. Do your research, folks. We're not financial advisors, not financial advice. You need to make sure you understand what you're getting into. But it is an exciting project. Looks great. Yep, and, and yeah. Johnny, you're oh sorry, Gonzo, please. No, go ahead, tell me. Go ahead, go ahead. I'll go. Um, go ahead. It's you know, Johnny, you're definitely spot on. Like I'm very conservative, <clears throat> and you guys know that when it comes to investments, right? When it comes to crypto, etc., I always uh, share my two cents. And um, with NFTs, I'm very conservative because when people say, "Hey, there is burning," there is this and that. It's all just you know, people think it's passive income, but what it basically is is. They're just unlocking more tokens. And so it's just uh, inflation. So it's like, it's just what uh, it's going to cause selling pressure at some point. And it's not real of, of value. And they come up with all of that stuff, which is not really like uh, fundamentally strong. And so and what JB is doing here is also with the NFT, the, the technology he leverages into the metaverse, right? And um, starts a whole new tribe in the web three space in with lots of utilities and expansive utilities. It's not just like, Hey, that's it. What you guys have there, it's done. You're going to, you know, wait and see it's a journey, right? This is uh, what's important is for the three T academies to um, under promise and over deliver. Right? So what you see right now is pretty much just the beginning. Uh, check out the light paper, digest the content guys. That's the beginning of a new journey and then eventually you know you're going to see more uh, value added to it so um very excited gonzo. before i kick before i kick it over to gonzo you know guys you can see the tiers here tier one two three four five and six i'm going to leave them on the screen put in the chat which tier you're thinking about buying and gonzo the floor is yours my friend yeah um you know just like we saw in the fidelity story this is all about education right and it's about investing in yourself um, I know you guys see us like on Good Morning Crypto and we talk about crypto news and we have the other show where we bring developers and stuff like that. But the 3T ecosystem is bigger than that. It's more than that, right? When you're in the academy, it's about your mindset. It's about your health. It's about being in a tribe, right? There's business coaching. There are so many different businesses that have been started, not just between like us, but between the other warriors that get together and then come up with an idea and then start a business. Um, and that all gets tied in together, especially like just the mindset and the health part, because what good is money if you're depressed or you're sad or if you're unhealthy, right? The your money can't buy you certain things, right? And so you wanna make sure that you surround yourself with the right people. Uh, and so I just wanted to make those comments because I know the Academy, me personally, has completely and totally changed my life for the better. And it's going to continue to change my life. And so all we're trying to do is share that with other people and give them access. <clears throat> yes, exactly. Very exciting. Very exciting. All right, guys, I'm going to keep it moving as we have only eight minutes left in the show. I want to hop into one of the tokens we hear about. We mention it, you know, from time to time on this show as well casper not and they call it the friendly enterprise l1 for those of you who are not aware what casper is uh my highlighter went nuts on this so i can only do it in pink or purple whatever it is so i apologize but it is what it is so casper is a public layer one blockchain geared towards enterprise adoption so a lot of the blockchains you've been talking about you know it's more about we've been talking about personal use or peer-to-peer -peer, but this is really geared to businesses and large-scale enterprises its core technological stack includes a consensus protocol built using what they call the Correct by Construction or CBC, Casper Framework, <laughs> Upgradable Smart Contracts, and Weighted Key Management. Its ecosystem features several enterprise applications. Retail and DeFi activity hasn't really picked up yet, as I talked about. It's really just getting started. But enterprise blockchains use, use case studies have been highly touted. But again, less implementation because we're so damn early right now. But these guys are starting to build the framework so that when companies are ready to get in and they need a solution, guess what? Casper is going to be sitting there saying, hey, 
We're here. We're waiting for you. So they're building it way, way, almost ahead of its ahead of its time. So it talks about here the core technological differentiators is the upgradable smart contracts. It's weighted key management systems designed for enterprise adoption. It's core technology and developed partnership positions Casper to be leading uh, the leading blockchain for enterprise use cases. So let's hop into a little bit of background here. So Casper was designed by the this is interesting by the Ethereum researcher Vlad Zamfer as a potential Ethereum proof of stake. The Casper mainnet launched on uh, March 31st, 2021, so about a year ago, uh, along with Casper, or nine months ago, along with Casper, the network is supported by Casper Association, which is a Swiss company. So they don't have to worry about the U.S. getting, you know, the SEC climbing on their back. But basically, when you look at its technology, it's what's called a construct, correct by construction, the CBC, Casper mechanism. Uh, it's got low overhead for blockchain consensus protocols and synchronous Byzantine fault tolerance. So that's kind of just the way they actually do the validation, which is what is uh, what makes it unique. I'm going to just quickly uh, share with you the validators. Really interesting. Validators have to bid on every error, but it's interesting. An error only lasts two hours. So the top 100 bidders are selected to participate. And a 100 validator limit uh, limit is, I guess, what they have in there. So uh, the validators are rewarded with block rewards, assuming they follow the correct protocol. And that's something I wanted to get to. You know, And that's so important because we talk about what's the value. Why do you need a cryptocurrency, right? The blockchain is what matters. It's the technology. But you see here in this use case, for example, Without the actual cryptocurrency, the validators don't get rewarded, so nothing works. And there is these are the types of use cases you know that I'm looking for, Gonzo, because I want to make sure the cryptocurrency has a reason to exist. Any thoughts you have here on Casper, what you think about the, the entire uh, – is this something you're looking at, and what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, you know, definitely it is. Like if you wanted to break it down, I guess in layman's term, it's programmable smart contract. The other big thing that it does is that it allows the developers to use the language that they know now uh, and then implement that into the smart contracts. They kind of just bridge it together. Um, it was, you can see when it was born, it was kind of in the middle of the bull run. So it hasn't gone through a full cycle. So to me, like anything else, it's uh, not going to be a huge portion of my portfolio. It's going to be a certain piece of it. But definitely, yeah, I'm very interested in it because of the technology. You know, they still have to get a lot of adoption. They're trying to be the enterprise or the business blockchain. Um, and so uh, I, I'm definitely, you know, what I'm hoping is that it does something like that, what Matic did, right? When Matic was created and all that, it was fractions of a cent, cent, and then you saw the move that it made. People, this is kind of my speculative play with Casper that I'm going to put a certain amount of money in and then just hold on to it and then see what happens in the next bull run right, to see if it actually catches on. But yeah, definitely. Um, I did have some Casper, but when I consolidated, when we were going to get the major corrections in the market, um, I, you know, full transparency, I sold out of it and kind of consolidated out of a lot of projects. I think I consolidated my Casper. That money went into HBAR, um, but um, it's definitely there on my list and I'll definitely be buying back in. Yeah, and just to share some some tokenomics on it, uh, right now, it's got 10 billion tokens that were initially minted. No fixed supply. So for me, that's always a problem. I don't like when there's no when it's just open-ended and they can continue to inflate and print more coins like the U.S. government does with the dollar. Just, so that's my only concern with Casper. But other than that, I like it. I still, full transparent, I still own Casper. I have not sold out of it. It's really cheap. I think it's a couple cents now, two, three, four cents, something like that. But that was just in a nutshell, a little bit of... Uh, to give a sense of what's happening there with Casper. There's a lot of folks talking about that. But I want to keep it moving because we only got a few minutes left. I don't think we're going to get to all our articles today. But looking at the top DeFi projects by social activity, I found this pretty interesting, guys. We had, let me see if I can make it a little bit bigger. We have, oh, not that one. We had, um, by by social media discussion, just what's happening, the hottest topic on everybody's mind is Uniswap which I found that to be interesting. Next, Solana, no surprise there. Quack and Quake, I was a little surprised by those. FTX, obviously starting to calm down. XRP sitting kind of in the middle, then Cardano, Sushi. Uh, so as we talk about these, obviously this is what people are talking about on social media platforms. And we dive into um, what's happening. We look at what's happening here in the top three competitors to Ethereum, no surprise that Cardano, Solana, and Avalanche are on the list. These are the main three competing with them. And uh, I'm going to hop through this really quick just to talk a little bit about, you know, we know that some of the big bets 
for scalability is what's coming right now. Ethereum is is um, working on that, and we know that there's a surge of schedule to take place in 2023. That'll bring more scalability to the blockchain, leading smart chain contract platforms. Uh, however, it does say it's expected that this issue will be widespread and lead altcoins to possible capitalization gain. And when you talk about the three, Cardano launched in 2017, actually has one of the strongest communities in the in, in this industry or in this space. Um, maybe, you know, someone you could probably, you know, the importance of having a strong community, right? As you're building Collecti. But Cardano here has managed to surpass 4,000 smart contracts. That's a huge mark. And it has one of the most developed blockchains on the crypto market space, proving that developers continue to maintain their interest in this altcoin. So it's very, very interesting. You know, as you think about it here, it says furthermore in 2023, there will be a stable coin that Cardano will be launching. Also another bullish catalyst. And they talk here about increasing its total value locked. And so, you know, again, we're running out of time, folks. So we're not going to have time to go through all these things. But I did want to mention that Cardano is one of those on the list of 2023. Solana, they also talked about Solana and its effect on what that could look like. Uh, however, it is still the number two NFT token marketplace out there in, in the world right now behind Ethereum, but they do think that it could have a tough year in 2023. And then on Avalanche, they talk about, you know, how people fear and got out of AVAX because of the Luna crash. And it was, you know, a lot of AVAX was bought to support the Luna peg of its uh, stable currency. So that was a big hit to them. Uh, however, it does say here, this I think is big news that we see that USDC, or I should say, um, the uh, Coinbase actually had had opened up uh, the wallet, so their wallet caught attention of Coinbase, and it now Coinbase now allows users a new option to convert money into cryptocurrency in the core extension for these. So these three technologies, when you look at these guys, it looks like Cardano. They're saying and Avalanche have have some hope, and Solana maybe not so much. I know we're t we're short on time. Does anybody, you guys, have any comments on any one of these three as we uh, think about who's going to be a strong competitor to Ethereum in twenty twenty three? So, uh, Johnny Solana, for example, NFT knows NFT tones knows best, but um, Solana has an amazing uh, NFT community, and as long as there is a strong community and people are using the technology, right? There's always going to be, you know, um, there's always going to be support, and Solana is going to exist. However, um, of course, I didn't do my due diligence, but based on Twitter um, tweets, right? Um, they say that many developers have left Solana. They moved over to other blockchains. That happened recently after the FTX collapse. And that's where um, people are kind of skeptical now. We had hopes that Solana might recover again because there is strong community. But if many developers move on to another chain, then, you know, we have a problem. We'll find out. Maybe it's just FUD right now and sooner or later it will recover. But when it comes to Cardano, for example, again, I didn't check any data. I'm just uh, giving back what I've read on Twitter from many people. Cardano is up to conquering Africa. They want to like, you know, pretty much build the infrastructure for um, African countries, right? So that's a, if that is true, I haven't checked out the data, of course, but if that is true, Cardano is going to be one of the big gainers in the future. Why? Because we know that developing countries are um, in a rise. And we know that, um, you know, Africa, based on data given by the, um, uh, by, you know, the um, um, nations, I forgot the name for uh, UN, right? United Nations. Yeah. They, they basically say Africa is even the population size and much more economy is going to grow by 2040 and imagine it's not going to happen like overnight it's a journey right and within the next 10 years we might see africa really like coming out of nowhere and surprise us and if cardano is already um like um laying the foundation there things could be wild uh, for cardano and the cardano community yeah, we know that they want to bank the unbanked Gonzo out there in Africa. That's one of the things for Cardano. But when you think about these three competitors here, is what's your thoughts? Do you have any that you see uh, that you have a favorite as we move into 2023? I, I, you know, so I'll remind people of this. In the last bear market, um, Ethereum corrected 95%, right? And so when you see these other layer ones that are having major corrections, of course they corrected, right? If Ethereum is going to correct 95%, 
why wouldn't these, you know, they're kind of trailing behind. And the other thing is this, is that, you know, pay attention and coach talks about this all the time. He invests not in crypto assets, but into the teams. That's why he loves Ripple so much. And I've kind of taken that um, kind of investment thesis and put it into my thesis, right? And, and, and just a reminder to people, look at the teams and what they're doing. I love Matic, right? But it's more because of the team and the partnerships that they're building. Uh, because if you look at the narratives on Solana, right? Solana was the venture capital coin, right? But if you do your research, you're going to find that Matic actually had more venture capital put into it, right? There's also some information that there might be 12 wallets that hold most of the Matic supply. Again, that's not going to make me sell off my Matic. But if you look down deep into all these different blockchains, they all have their issues. So really when it comes down to, yes, tokenomics is important, total market cap, the supply, all that stuff. But I think the other thing that's important to look at is the team and what they're doing um, and, and the partnerships that they're building. Because I think in the end, that's kind of what's going to separate them, right? Because like I said, when you're looking at the tokenomics of Matic and Solana, everybody hates Solana, but everyone loves Matic. But they're very similar in how they were created. Not the technology. I'm just talking about venture capital and then maybe a certain uh, small percentage of people holding most of the supply. Yep, that's right, Gonzo. And as we uh, are out of time here, folks, actually over time, we're just going to wrap this up like we always do by thanking our guests here today. Thank you, Mac and Cheesy. Thank you, Selman G. Thank you, NFT Tones. Don't forget, tomorrow we got Waters Above Crypto in the house. Don't forget, like we always like to say, Warriors, ride. Get your shit together, baby. Let's go. Let's go.